One thing that we do here every single day is work to get you to think. We're not regurgitating what someone else has said. We are breaking down analytically and through years, well, actually decades of research and providing information directly to you in order for us all to wake up outside of this stupor that the global criminal Luciferian psychopath cabal has created in order to create systems of control for us. I want to offer this in-depth conversation by Brother Alan Watts titled The Lie We Live. Before we get to it, I just hope that you're in a good place to where you can calmly consider this information and realize what you have been living is a lie. It's not to scare you. This is not fear porn. This is reality check 101. And that's what we provide here at NEO 420. Go back in our archives of truth at neo420.com and you'll see that we've been dropping this knowledge since day one. Real news plus real information for we the people. This is Neo420 Talks, the podcast speaking truth against the lies. My goodness, don't you remember when you went first to school? You went to kindergarten. And in kindergarten, the idea was to push along so that you could get into first grade. And then push along so that you could get into second grade, third grade, so on, going up and up. And then you went to high school, and this was a great transition in life. And now the pressure is being put on. You must get ahead. You must go up the grades and finally be good enough to get to college. And then when you get to college, you're still going step by step, step by step, up to the great moment in which you're ready to go out into the world. And then when you get out into this famous world comes the struggle for success in profession or business. And again, there seems to be a ladder before you, something for which you're reaching all the time. And then, suddenly, when you're about 40 or 45 years old in the middle of life, you wake up one day and say, Huh? I've arrived. And by Jove, I feel pretty much the same as I've always felt. In fact, I'm not so sure that I don't feel a little bit cheated. Because you see, you were fooled. You were always living for somewhere where you aren't. And while, as I said, it is of tremendous use for us to be able to look ahead in this way and to plan, there is no use planning for a future which when you get to it and it becomes a present, you won't be there. You'll be living in some other future which hasn't yet arrived. And so in this way, one is never able actually to inherit and enjoy the fruits of one's action. You can't live at all unless you can live fully now.
And because now is never satisfactory, because we're never really living in it, we get more and more avid to go ahead and pursue the future. We develop our technology to a fantastic ability where we can more and more fulfill our desires for the future almost immediately. Working towards a sort of push-button world. But have you ever stopped to think what the world would be like if you could fulfill every wish the moment you wished it? Suppose, for example, on going to bed at night, you could always dream whatever you wanted to dream. What would happen after a while? Of course, I suppose at first, you would dream fantastic pleasures, wonderful adventures, fulfillment of all the things you ever wished. Then as time went on, don't you think you'd want to be, oh, a little bit surprised, to have a little bit less control over what was happening to you? And after you'd experimented with this for some months or years, you might even want dreams in which you suffer. Because there is no real delight, no real fulfillment without delay. Doesn't every child know on a hot day when you think, I'm terribly thirsty and I'd like an ice cream soda? Haven't you tried the experiment of putting off drinking it, putting off so that you get thirstier and thirstier and it's so much fun when you finally get to it? And so in the same way, impatience with time, always wanting the future, is frustrating. Maya, which generally has the meaning of illusion, or rather, illusions brought about by the acceptance of certain conventions of which perspective was an example. When we are not aware that Certain things which we take for granted, like the separateness of, each, of things from each other. When we're not aware that this is a matter of convention, we are apt to be fooled. Now, I think one of the conventions by which we tend to be fooled more than almost any other is time. And for all human beings, time is a matter of extraordinary importance. And perhaps this is one of the principal ways in which we differ from animals. Because man has been called a time-binding animal. That is to say, a creature who is vividly aware of the fact that his life moves, as it were, along a line from the past through the present and into the future. Animals apparently live pretty much moment by moment. They don't appear to have very strong memories, but because man has a strong memory, he is able to bear the past in mind and as it were, cast it forward into visions of the future based upon what has happened in the past. And therefore, although this facility gives man the most extraordinary ability to plan his life, to prepare for future eventualities. At the same time, there is a very heavy price which he pays for it, and especially if he takes this ability too seriously. In other words, if he doesn't realize that the true reality in which he lives is the present moment now. It doesn't concern itself very much with problems of future disease, death or starvation and things of that kind. 
If an animal sees another dead animal lying around, I don't suppose he thinks to himself, well, one day that's going to happen to me. Rather, he just sees a dead animal, sniffs it, sees if it's, whether it's good to eat, and wanders away. But for human beings, it's entirely different. Because we actually spend most of our time and a great deal of our emotional energy living in time which is not here, living in an elsewhere which is not concretely real. So much so that although we may be quite comfortable and happy in our present circumstances, if there is not a guarantee, not a promise, of a good time coming tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, we are at once unhappy, even in the midst of pleasure and affluence. And so we develop a kind of chronic anxiety about time. We want to be sure more and more because of our sensitivity to the feeling of time. We want to be sure more and more that our future is assured. And for this reason, the future becomes of more importance to most human beings than the present. And in this sense, we are hooked, taken in by a maya, because it is of very little use to us to be able to control and plan the future unless we are capable at the same time of living totally in the present. And so, when in civilized societies we spend so much of our time living for the future, we become very much like those celebrated donkeys, you know, that have uh, a carrot fastened on a stick that's tied to the neck, you know, behind here, and it comes over and there's the carrot dangling in front of them. They pursue it, pursue it, pursue it, but could never reach it. And so in exactly the same way, it's that way with us. But when one can come to realize that the present is the only place in which you live, and that the past and the future are now no more than useful illusions, still useful, but useful only if one can live in the present, then, as I say, one can settle into full participation with the momentary reality of life as it goes along, just like music. Buddha, one of the wisest of the sons of Asia, his real name was Gotama, but he was called Buddha because Buddha means the awakened one, the man who woke up. Now, in what sense was he awake? He was awake in the sense that he was completely all here. After all, we say about a person who's nuts, he's not all here. He's not all there. But our whole culture, our whole civilization, in so far as it is involved with time and living only for a future, is nuts. It's not all here. We are not awake. We are not completely alive now. And consequently, we are so hungry and so greedy because everything seems tasteless. We are living for an abstraction which has not yet come to be, and we don't know what really is. <laughs>